0: Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Come on, why don't we give Jesus a hand in this place this morning? So great to be here. How's everyone doing? Doing good? Doing good. How good have the team been? We'll give the team a hand. Thanks for leading us in week in, week out. But uh, I want to say a massive welcome to everyone who's here. Maybe you're here for the first time and you came with a family member or a friend. It is our honor to have you here. And uh, I just trust today that God will do something special in your heart. Um, I just always say man, Just come with an open heart to what God could speak into your world. And uh, maybe you're on the journey of faith. Maybe you haven't arrived going, hey, I have a faith. But today could be that day where God would speak to you and say, Hey, guess what? I'm real. I love you. I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for your life. And really, that's the gospel. That's the good news, that God has a purpose for our lives. But it's so good to have everyone joining us online. And uh, this morning, we're going to be bouncing back into our series that we've been following throughout the year called Followers. Pastor Luke, at the start of our uh, year, maybe you're new, our senior pastor, really felt from God it'd be a year that we say, hey, God's calling us to come follow me. That, uh, a phrase Jesus said constantly, he said, come follow me. And it's a call for every believer, whether you're uh, new in faith, you're seasoned in faith, that we can continue to take our next step in the journey of following Jesus. But I'm going to preach a message, if you're taking notes today, called There is a Ram. Everyone say, there is a Ram. God spoke to me, uh, I, got, I got the honor of being able to be a part of the, uh, at this build here at Sim Street, and in a tough time, in a time where it seemed like there was just obstacle after obstacle, I felt God speak to me and say, there is a ram. So today's message is going to be something that I believe God wants to lift our faith, He wants to impart faith, He wants to inspire our faith, for maybe us to, in, uh, to believe God for something more in our lives. Maybe we're in the midst of a challenge. Maybe we're in the midst of a circumstance. If we just lifted our faith, maybe we would see that there is a ram. But we're going to look at Abraham's life. Because Abraham, if you don't know, he's one of the patriarchs of the Bible. The Bible calls him the father of faith. And I just love looking at his journey, what he went on, what he, the journey he went on through his life. If you don't know who Abraham was, he was a man living in the Middle East. And God rocks up to Abraham in Genesis 12 and says, Hey, I'm going to call you. I'm calling you to go out on an adventure of faith. I'm calling you to leave what you know, to leave your old identity. For a lot of us, that's true. We come to faith, we, we come to know Jesus, and God calls us to leave our old identity. Abraham had to leave his country, his family, his father's house, and inheritance. But God promised Abraham three things He said, I'll give you a land. I will make you a great nation that you would be a father to many, and that through you, you'd be a builder. You'd be a conduit for establishing my house here on earth, that through you, the nations would be blessed. Abraham marries Sarah, if you know the story, his wife. They have trouble conceiving, they become faithless in a moment. But God comes to Abraham again and says, Abraham, what have I promised you? Come on, lift your faith, lift up your eyes. The promise is that I'm going to make you a great nation. So Abraham grabs back a hold of faith. Come on. It doesn't matter how many times we fail. It doesn't matter how many times we are faithless. The truth is, is that God is still faithful towards us in his promise. Abraham receives the promise, Isaac. And then God comes and he tests Abraham's faith again in Genesis 22. He asks him to come to a, mount, a mountain called Mount Moriah. With the promise, with Isaac. We're going to pick it up this morning in Genesis 22, if you have your Bibles. Grab it open, it'll be on the screens if you don't. Genesis 22:1. 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham and he said to him, Abraham. Abraham says, here I am. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love. The blessing, Isaac, the promise. Go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain I will show you. Wow. Wow. Imagine God gives you the promise, and God says, hey, actually, I want you to bring the promise back to me. Early the next morning, Abraham got up, he loaded his donkey, he took with him two servants and his son Isaac. When he had enough cut wood for the burnt offering, he set out to the place that God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. What an incredible perspective he had. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them went on together. And Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, father, like, what is going on, dad? He says, yes, my son, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered and said, God will provide for the lamb. Provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Come on, he had faith. And the two of them went on together. Verse 9 When they'd reached the place that God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there, arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and he laid him on the altar on the top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, he said, here I am. Do not lay your hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, for you have not withheld your son from me, your only son. And I love this part. Abraham, he looked up. And there in a thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide, and to this day, it is said that on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Come on, what an incredible story of faith, and I just am inspired by Abraham's tenacity to believe God in the midst of a challenge, in the midst of it seeing like this is the end of the promise, this is the end of the blessing, this is the end of what God's called me to. Abraham, Keeps going, he goes, Man, you know what? I'm gonna worship, I'm gonna step into faith because you know, faith isn't something we conjure up, it's just simple trust, it's simple obedience. I mean, imagine being in Abraham's shoes, imagine God saying that to us. I don't know about you, but I don't know if I have faith for that. But the truth is, that's why Abraham's called the father of faith because he was someone who had something within his heart and within his spirit that said, You know what? I'm gonna trust God. At his word, you know. Last year, me and Talia, we went on a trip. Um, it took a lot of faith, actually, to go on a six-week trip across the other side of the world with a nine-month-old baby. You're like, why would it take such faith to go six weeks across the world? Because we had a nine-month-old, and it was crazy faith. It was crazy moments. There were moments where we were had our little little boy Tommy just screaming at the top of his lungs while we're trying to have dinner. But we went to Italy, and we um, we went to this place that Talia really wanted to go to, called Cinque Terre. It was um, basically it's a place on the beautiful coast, the east coast of Italy, and um, it means five towns. There's five beautiful towns laid across this coast, and just beautiful, picturesque, colourful houses along it. The food is just incredible, um, seafood. It was amazing. And so we're hanging out on the beach just about every day, doing absolutely nothing but eating uh, paninis, which are sandwiches. And uh, it was just great. I'm loving my life. It was fantastic. And Talia was like, no, Danny, we just can't sit here every day on the beach. And I'm like, what do you mean? This is fantastic. Like, you know, there's no sand here. It's just rocks. Like, you just lay in the water. The sand doesn't go up, you know. You, you, you know what I'm saying. And um, it's, just, it's just like paradise. I thought, if this is heaven, I'm ready to go. And uh, and Tali's like, we need to go on a hike. There's actually, you know, this place is known to go hiking. And I'm like, man, people have been trying to get me to go for a hike for 10 years at this church. (laughs) I'm not going on a hike, babe. I love you, but uh, I'm not a hiker. No, you need to do it for me. I'm like, well, what about Tommy? What are we going to do with him? We'll just find some old nonna and go, can you look after him for a while? (laughs) She's like, no, I bought you this, um, this thing. I go, what's this thing? It's a kangaroo pouch. I don't know if you've ever seen one people attach them, you put a child in front, for me, I don't know, I'm not really a fan of, a fan of it, but I put it on, out of love for my wife, we go on this hike, I'm like, doll, how long's the hike for, she's like, you know, it'd probably take an hour to get to the next town and then if you want, we don't need to go hike back, we'll just catch the, catch the ferry to get back, I'm like, fantastic, sounds great, we'll hike over, uh, that'll prove my love for my wife, we'll eat a great meal, come back to the beach and keep going. So we start on this hike, and uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Europe, but there's no staircase standards there, there's no like, you know, it's just basically it was a ladder, you know, up a hill, I don't know if there was a staircase, it was just like a mountain, and so we're climbing this mountain, we're about an hour and a half in, I am dripping sweat, 35 degrees, the child is on my back, feels like he weighs like 20 kilos, He's, he's crying, I'm just like, put a dummy in it, man. just like, you know, get on with it. We've got to do this for your mum, it's not me. <laughs> I wouldn't do this to you. And we get an hour and a half in and I feel like we're in the middle of nowhere. Like, yeah, great, we can see the beach, it looks fantastic. I said, Tiles, how far do we have to go? No, no, it shouldn't be far, it's just around that corner. I'm like, there is no corner. <laughs> I cannot see a corner. So I turn around, I'm like, we need to just ask someone where we're at. So we're trying to ask people, but there's just tourists, just flat stick. I'm like, come on, we need to find someone that speaks English here. We find someone, and they're like, oh, there's probably another four hours left in the trip. <laughs> I look at my wife. I know at that moment, I was a, bit, a little bit faithless in her um, navigational <laughs> uh, skills. And uh, I thought, you know what, I'm out, though, we're going back. My legs were shaking, so we started back on the journey, but yes, I failed that one there. But so often this can be true in life circumstances. So often we can go set out on a journey, the journey of life, the journey of a relationship, the journey of a business, the journey of a career, the journey of studying, just things that we go on the journey for where we have a picture of what it will look like. We have a picture that, you know what, it's going to be roses, beautiful beaches and you know, food along the way, it's going, to be, it's going to be fantastic. But when the challenge comes, we find ourselves giving up in the moment because we haven't carried a conviction. You know, I, if I had a greater conviction, which I didn't, I hate hiking, I probably would have gone the distance. But see, that's what faith is. And faith sustains us when we're in the middle of our valleys. Faith sustains us when we're in the middle of our challenge. Faith sustains us, but you know what? It starts to get cloudy, and I can't see the outcome. I can't see how God's going to make a way. That's where God's saying, hey, you got to lift your eyes. you got to see that faith can bring the breakthrough. Faith can bring the healing. Faith can bring the God dream to come to pass. So this morning, we're going to look at a few ways that we can learn from Abraham's journey of faith. The first way that we can learn from him or that I've learned from him in this journey is we've got to understand that faith is active. Faith is active. Faith is actually an adventure. It's the adventure of faith that God calls us from nothing into something. Faith is God saying, hey, you don't know where you're going, but I do. Hey, you might not have the plan, but I've got a plan. Hey, you might not see the purpose in all of this, but I've got a purpose for your life. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says this, faith is the confidence in what we hope for. It's confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Other, other versions say it's the conviction. Yeah. That it's a conviction, that there's something deep. in What's a conviction? It's something deep inside you that you can't shake. Yeah. Your eyes might tell you one thing, but what's inside you says another. Yeah. That what God's words, he's put in your heart, what he's put in your spirit that goes, you know what, I'm going to stand on that This is what the ancients were commended for. In verse 8, it says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. By faith, God calls Abraham, Where am I going? I don't know. God, I've got a land for you. You've got to start walking, and you will see it. You know, we're called to activate faith. Many people see faith as just an acknowledgement or a belief in God, but that's not what faith is. Faith is not something that we just go, oh, I've got this kind of idea about God and, you know, he's really cool and loving. And no, faith is actually going, you know what, I'm going to trust the plan that God has for me. What's my next step? God says, get baptised. A lot of people tonight are going, my next step, I'm taking faith to get baptised. Come on, for us being seasoned, maybe it's saying, hey, you know what? God's calling me to be a leader in this season. God's calling me to lead a group. God's calling me to serve on team. God's calling me to reach my family member. God's calling me to preach the gospel. Come on, what's God calling us to? Maybe to start a business. This This is the journey of faith, saying, God, what's my next step? I'm called to activate faith because faith isn't about us, again, acknowledging an idea. It's about us activating something. James 2, 22 puts it like this. He says that, he says, James says this, you see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. Come on, we don't, it's not our performance that gives us our faith, but our faith produces a performance. Our faith actually activates something in our lives. It can, when, when, when we step into faith, there's an action that completes it, that brings something about. Come on, what areas of our life do we need to activate faith in? What areas is, is God saying, hey, you know what, that area, you've got to activate faith. That's why the Bible constantly refers to people all throughout the New Testament, Old Testament, as being faithful or faithless. God says, Psalm 101, verse 3, I will not look with approval on anything that is vile. I hate what is faithless. I hate what faithless, sorry, people do. I won't have any part of it. God's saying, I can't be a part of something that doesn't have faith in it. Come on, I need faith. He goes on in verse 6 and says, my eyes will be on the faithful in the land, that they may dwell with me. The one whose walk is blameless will minister to me. Come on, faith attracts the favor of God. Faith attracts the person of Jesus. Faith says to God, come on, we've got something that we want to see happen. Sometimes it's a fight. Paul says it like this in 2 Timothy 4.7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. We have to fight for faith. We have to wrestle sometimes when the circumstance comes, when a negative word comes. When somebody gives us a bad business uh, diagnosis or a health diagnosis or our relational challenge just seems like, you know what, we're just never going to see healing and restoration in our family. Come on, the language of faith, heaven saying a different word. Jesus has a different word. Jesus saying, you know what, there is blessing for your business. Come on, there is health for your body. Come on, there is healing for your marriage. There's healing for your family. It doesn't have to be that way, but we've got to fight. We've got to stand. Secondly, faith leads us to worship. Faith leads us to worship. Abraham's faith led him to worship. It was his response. His response in the middle of probably the most challenging, testing moment of his life is that "I will worship. Stay here with the donkey. Stay here, servants. He couldn't. He, sometimes you have to leave some people behind to go on to worship. He had to leave his servants behind. Because his servants probably would have stopped him. His servants probably would have got in the way of his worship, would have got in the way of a positive confession, would have got in the way of a faith response. So he left them behind. Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over. We will worship and we will come back to you. He trusted God. Sometimes we have to live on the cutting edge of faith, the crazy edge of faith, where we need to leave some people behind. we can't have some voices in our world dictating, you know, where we're going to step into, what our faith looks like. I love that Abraham, his worship preceded the miracle. His worship was decided regardless of the outcome. You know, sometimes and some of us, and I'm speaking to myself here, we actually need to start worshiping before we see the miracle happen. It's easy to worship God when it's all going good. But would we worship him in loss, in sorrow, when it's, we're suffering, when we seem unfair, when it hurts, when it's tough, when all we can seem to find is why God? Come on, they're the moments where the miracle is actually in motion. But we've got to lift our eyes and worship the one who's going to bring about the miracle in the moment. Come on, his peace is enough in those moments. His hope is enough that faith is enough to lift us out of the valley and believe that God has a great blessing for us. Yeah. Come on, our worship is our obedience. Joshua twenty-two sixteen 16 says this, the whole assembly of the Lord says, how could you break faith with the God of Israel like this? How could you turn away from the Lord and rebuild yourselves an altar in rebellion against him now? See, Joshua, he's a great man of God. He was a great leader, but he linked the two together. He linked faith and worship together. The Israelites at that time had turned from God. And Joshua, is no one saying, hey, you've got to have perfect faith. Come on, I love the word says that even when we are faithless, he is faithful. It's not about perfect faith, but it's about faith that leads us to worship, faith that leads us to his grace, faith that leads us to his love, faith that leads us to who he is, because he is enough. Amen? Finally... Abraham had faith that required him to look up. Faith that requires us to look up. Genesis twenty-two thirteen. we come back to the story. It says, Abraham looked up. In the middle of a moment, that seemed tough. He had, like, you've got to think about this moment. His son is laid upon the altar. The wood's there. He's tied up. It's just him, his son, and God. There's no ram at this moment. If he saw the ram, I'm telling you, that ram would have been on the altar. And a knife. And he's going to this moment going, you know what? I believe that even if I go through with this, God's still got a great plan. God will raise him from the dead. God will do something incredible. But he looked up. Sometimes I've found myself in the challenge is that I get so focused on the challenge I get so uh, focused on the disappointment. I'm so focused on that moment, the intensity of that moment. I don't know about you, but sometimes when we're going through stuff, it feels like the emotions are overwhelming. But it's in those moments that we got to look up, that we got to lift our eyes. Because when he looked up, he saw that there, there was a ram caught by its horns. And he went over, took the ram, sacrificed it instead of his son, and Abraham called that place the Lord where God will provide. Sometimes it's on the top of the mountain when God provides. we have got to walk through the valley. we have going to walk through a bit of a tough time. we have got to walk through some disappointments. And we have got to continue to walk up the mountain because God will provide. Verse 15, I love that this is the, the promise on the other side. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and you have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities and their enemies, of their enemies. And, th- and through your offspring, this was the incredible blessing to the world. Through your offspring, all the nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Because you have obeyed me. Come on, some of us aren't seeing the ram right now. The miracle, because we're just not looking up. And God's saying, would you look up? Would you just stop for a second? Take your eyes off the circumstance. Take your eyes off the problem. Take your eyes off what you're going through and look up. The Sim Street miracle for me, I mean, there miracles left, right, and center, but happened about two months ago. We're about five, six weeks from opening and we're going hard, we're on the grind. There's so many incredible people here that just put their heart and soul into it in those last few final weeks to see a miracle take place. Our builder was amazing and we're all just going for it going, you know what, we, we, we believe in it. open on the 22nd of October and I get a phone call, it's Friday night, I'm here. Talia actually was with her parents away and I'm driving from site feeling like we're, we're, we're getting there bit by bit we're taking another step we're getting through this and I'm pull onto to Road and I get a phone call and uh, a trade who was you know very important to us opening had called at that time said I actually can't do what I need to do to get you there and in that moment to be honest I don't know if I was just working so hard that I was emotionally stressed but tears just started flowing I had a breakdown I'm like why God how can we go this far How could we put so much effort in? How could we see miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle miracle to be here? And I just couldn't see a way through. But God, I just felt in that one moment, just said, Hey, look up. I stopped, put some worship on. And all I heard from the Holy Spirit was, There is a ram. That there is a ram. He didn't tell me how. He didn't tell me why either. But he just said, there is a ramp. Come on, when our circumstance says why, faith says how. The incredible thing is only a week later, someone put their hand up and said, you know what, I can fill that gap. I'll make it happen. And we opened incredibly. But circumstance will always want to park us Keep us around the roundabout of why. But there's an exit route that God calls us to, saying, come on, believe for the how. Believe for the ram. Believe for the promise. Come on, the ram represented Jesus. God was saying from the beginning of time that I have provided a way for humanity back to me. I've provided a way for people to be reconciled. I've provided a way for your healing. I've provided a way for your breakthrough. I am the God who provides. Yeah. Yeah. Hebrews eleven six without faith it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible. Without faith, it's impossible. Without faith, our circumstance, impossible. Without faith, healing in our families, impossible. Without faith, that business challenge, impossible. But with faith, it is possible. With faith, Jesus said all things are possible. If we just had faith, the size of a mustard seed. See, faith takes hold of the miraculous. Faith says to the mountain, be moved. Faith says to the circumstance, my God is greater. Faith says to the challenge, there is breakthrough on the way. Faith says to our sickness, come on, the promise is that I will be made whole. Jesus, 9.29, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Jesus, Matthew 13.58, and he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Jesus, 17.20, because you have so little faith, truly, I tell you, that only if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible to you. The apostles got this, Acts three sixteen. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that completely healed him as you all can see. But Jesus said this in Luke eighteen eight. However, when the son of man comes, will he still find faith on the earth? Right. Come on, we're not called to conjure something up. Yeah. Maybe you feel like, I don't have faith. But it's just a choice to lean into God, to believe he has a better word, a better outcome, a better future. Okay. Hebrews eleven, seventeen, 17, verse 19. Come on, I actually love us to stand. Just in a moment, we're going to worship and believe God's just going to have moments with us where we're seated and lift our faith. But Hebrews eleven seventeen, if the team would love to join me, says this: By faith Abraham, when God tested him, he offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who embraced the promises of God already was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, "It is through Isaac that your offspring." Come about, will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned, or maybe Abraham had faith, or maybe Abraham believed God that God could even raise the dead. Hadn't seen it yet, but faith was in his heart, and so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Come on, God's calling us to fresh faith in our marriages, in our relationships. As parents, in this season, in this world, for our kids, he's calling us to have fresh faith for the dreams he's put on the inside of us, for our business, our studies, for the calling and giftings that we have, for our challenges, for the areas we need healing. Come on, God's saying, as a church, we need fresh faith for this next season. I mean, we're here, we're in Sim Street, but Sim Street was never the point where we park our car and just just, just enjoy it. Sim Street was a place that God's saying, lift your faith. This place is here for multitudes to come and know the wonder of salvation, for people to know and encounter the wonder of Jesus Christ, his healing power, his presence, his hope, his presence. Because it's Jesus that changed everything. He is the ram. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus, he's the same yesterday. He's the same today, and He is the same forevermore. So come on, right from a moment, if, that's speak, if I'm speaking to you today and you go, you know what, God, I need fresh faith in my heart. Why don't you lift your hands to heaven as the team start to lead us. We're going to lift our eyes to Jesus. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life, and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.